Welcome to Here We Are, the podcast where we are co-learners on a journey to uncover stories, concepts, and themes of what makes us human. I love asking questions, learning more about people, and following where my curiosity leads, which really could be anywhere. Let's be real here. This season, we're following my curiosity into discovering more about hope, food, books, gratitude, ice cream, pizza, and so much more. Today's topic, hope. Take a second to think about what feelings that word brings up in you. For me, thinking of the word hope leads me immediately to the word wish, which then makes me think of the PBS show Dragon Tales. Seems totally normal and legit. Go with me for a second. In order to go to the imaginary dragon land, the main boy and girl characters who I wasn't really willing to go into a research dive to learn more about say, I wish, I wish with all my heart to fly with dragons in a land apart. When they're ready to come home, they say, I wish, I wish to use this rhyme to go back home until next time. Gosh, if only it were that easy. I don't know about you, but I've definitely participated in and noticed the childhood fad of small humans longingly saying, I wish I could have some ice cream. After they were repeatedly told that dessert only happens when you eat your vegetables, may or may not be a personal experience, but yet I don't think that's hope. That feels more like longing or a form of FOMO, the fear of missing out. Don't worry, we'll talk more about ice cream in another episode. In reviewing this script, my friend Garen said that when he thinks of hope, he thinks of desire. He sent me a quote that he found in his curiosity search that said, Hope is an emotion that carries us through dark times, that buoys us up when we would otherwise go under. Desire is self-based. Desire is tied more closely to physical feelings like a desire for food or sleep. You hope for what you desire, and you desire what you hope for. This is so deep and profound that I'm actually struggling a bit to wrap my mind around it. Hope isn't wishing, hope isn't desiring, yet hope and desire are deeply linked. Psychiatrist Dr. John Allen digs into the difference between wishing and hope by saying that wishing is ubiquitous, but it can kind of be an escape from reality. Hope is different because it has to do with facing reality. Hope is motivation to stay in the game. The late psychologist Dr. Charles Snyder was a pioneer of hope research. He summed up hope as having three elements. Agency, the ability to shape our lives and that we can make things happen. Goals, desired outcomes. And pathways, the means that allow us to achieve the goals. I feel that so often I can envision the goals but not believe in the validity of my own agency in order to forge the pathways toward achievement. For a while, I've actually felt like hope is the ability to imagine, to hold the possibility of good for myself, for things being better than they are now. Hope requires creativity and imagination. I lose hope the fastest when I feel stuck. The tunnel is extremely dark, and I see no way forward. Dr. Kay Hearth, the developer of Hearth Hope Index, says that a key element to hope lies in social support, in, quote, having people you can depend on and people that are meaningful in your life. Dr. Allen says that the antithesis of hope is feeling invisible and psychologically alone. I'm going to say that one again. The antithesis of hope is feeling invisible and psychologically alone. Oh goodness, I know that feeling, especially in the midst of large-scale unpredictability. Today, we are going to dive into stories about hope and where hope can be found. 
This episode, I'm pulling stories out of the interview library from Kathy, a friend I met in an instructional design program, from my baking friend, Caitlin, my college pal, Alexis, and my creative and philosophical pen pal, Adrian. Let's begin by defining hope. This is Kathy. Hope is really about grabbing onto possibilities. Hope for me is wonder and curiosity and learning new things and being around people who seek truth and beauty. That all feels hopeful to me. And right now I feel like there's just a lot of negativity out there and and I know the positive exists, but I wish it was front and center more right now. From Caitlin. Would it be too vague to say safety? I don't know if it's safety or comfort that I'm trying to get to, but something about knowing your place without having to question it. And to wrap us up, here's Alexis. Hope is believing that tomorrow will be better, that there's going to be better, or even that the little things we do will make the world a better place. I used to think hope was like believing that everything would change and get better in the world. And I'm no longer necessarily think that but I think my focus on hope is that hopeful and like my communities and the people I'm with that the good that we do the way we treat each other that good will come back and that hope is not in this world that this isn't all there is that there has to be something better beyond this life that there has to be a place where goodness abounds and justice abounds and pain and brokenness aren't the only thing so I have hope and a better tomorrow just from my context of people doing better and making the world a better place. I posed the question of what does hope feel like to you on my Facebook? And here are some of the responses. Feeling light, alive, forward thinking, coffee with a kindred spirit, a new box of crayons, a fresh pad of paper and a sharpener in the box. Peace, a breath of fresh air for the seasons to come knowing that there's something to look forward to, including both temporary and temporal things, such as eating chocolate after dinner, seeing a friend on the weekend, going on a trip next month, and eternal things. A choice in how to live each moment. In a dark place, clutching the hand of someone who knows the way out. Believing in what could be. Lightness and energy in my chest. Seeing the world through my children's eyes, Seeing them create and dream, not for work or pay, but just because it's joyful and exciting. It gives me hope that we don't even know what we can be a part of next. Thanks, Facebook community, for sharing your thoughts. Dr. Allen said that there is tremendous diversity in what brings people hope. It could be as simple as noticing something you haven't seen before, being surprised, someone being present with you, or you being able to be fully present. It could be, and I'm horrible at this, as simple as remembering past successes. And it could totally be laughter. I'm a decently firm believer that brilliant ideas develop in the bathroom. Anybody else? And one just definitely happened for me. Hope feels like the movie Rudy. In the midst of a gray and dreary town, Rudy has a dream. He has goals. He has the agency. The belief that he can shape his life. That he can make things happen. He sets out and forges his own pathway to play football at Notre Dame. Through the ups and downs of his story, Rudy holds on to hope and his belief that his goals can come true. Now, if only this were a staple of everyone's inner life. More often than not, my hope feels like a semi-trained squirrel who comes and sits on my shoulder and talks about climbing that big tree over there, then suddenly gets distracted and runs away and I don't see it for days or weeks. Then poof, it's back. And together we're going to climb that tree. Then I realize I have no clue how. 
I think it can still happen, but in the process of trying to figure it out, my hope squirrel gets distracted and runs away again. Next time the squirrel comes back, I'm way more hesitant to believe that together we can climb the tree. But is my hope leaving me? Or am I leaving my hope? I'm not really sure sometimes. Psychologist Dr. Shane Lopez says that hope is an equal opportunity resource. It's there for everyone, even when things are really bleak. So maybe I lose sight of my hope when I feel invisible and alone. My friend Adrian and I had a fascinating conversation. It started with ice cream and ended with hope. Let's listen in. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? I haven't ever eaten it. And there's a story behind that. It's a Black Forest Ghetto. There's a local guy who runs an ice cream store, and I met him about two years ago. I walked up to the store, and on the menu, that flavor was there. And uh, I said, hey, you know, can I have that? And he said, oh, we're just out. And that's pretty much been the beginning of our conversations for the last two years. I've just missed it. Oh, they're not delivering it. They're They're not making it anymore. Oh, they just started delivering it again, but they haven't delivered yet. So and so and so. It's something I haven't eaten, and it would be my favorite. And maybe it is because I haven't eaten it. That is an absolutely reasonable answer. It's the anticipation that makes it the favorite. What does hope feel like to you? Oh, it's a bunch of things. One of them, it's like reaching. But imagine you're playing a note on a violin and you're blind. And so you don't know where the end of the bow is. And you're hoping you can get the full emotion of the note out before you hit the end of the bow. It's like that. It's just this yearning to reach. It's completely everything in you. That's what it is. Of course, it's the space you create for it as well, because I think it's something that you do. I don't think it's something that happens. You create space for it, and then you courageously throw yourself into that space. Hmm. My brain is stuck a little bit on the bow coming to its end. Is that like fully living in the moment while you have it? Or is that knowing that it's going to end? Is that anticipating the end? I I think it's sort of like the the ice cream thing we were talking about. It's knowing that it might never happen, but striving anyway. It's living in that moment where you don't know and accepting whatever's going to happen, but still striving. That's beautiful. I think I was about eight years old when I started having dreams and it's happened maybe at eight, 15, in my twenties and sort of in my thirties as well. I'd have these dreams where I'd see an older version of myself and they just sort of look at me and they just sort of hold their space and they look like they survived and they survived with grace and care and openness. And then it wasn't easy to get there, but they did. And that was like a manifestation of hope, really, you know. I mean, I didn't necessarily literally believe I was being visited by my future self or anything like that, but it was opening me to the possibility of hope. Hope is yearning. It's an action, a full-throttled response to a deep belief. It's knowing that it might never happen, yet striving anyway as we just heard Adrian say. Going back to Dr. Hearth's concept of hope needing social support, so often the simplicity of another's presence, kind word and reassurance is a deep catalyst for keeping hope alive. 
My friend Kathy told me a story about her experience with togetherness and social support. Let's listen as Kathy tells us about the elixir of vulnerability, empathy, and value. I was asked to speak at a high school commencement for kids that I'd worked with at my school and um, the enrichment school that I started. And I love commencement speeches. And the best ones are the ones where somebody hands you a piece of their soul and shares a moment and shares the elixir that they learned through whatever trial they went through to pass on wisdom. And of course, the research is you can't pass on wisdom. Wisdom can only be learned yourself through experiences, right? But if it taps into issues that somebody else is going through in their own experiences and it helps in some way, that elixir is is huge. And, I, and I'm using that term because of the monomyth or the hero's journey by Joseph Campbell. So you have an event in your life where you cross that threshold to adventure and you've got people along the way. And I certainly don't want to make it sound like I was alone in that healing journey because I had, oh my gosh, I had incredible teachers that reached out to me during that time. I related more to adults than I did kids. There were two teachers that I shared my story with. One was, I I say teacher, she was at the high school, but she was the school nurse. I would talk to Mrs. Sullivan a lot. And after I graduated high school, I lost track of her until one day I went out my front step and there was a box on my porch and it was from Mrs. Sullivan and she gave me an oil lamp and she said, you helped me. Her daughter got killed by a drunk driver and she hadn't experienced loss before to that degree. And like I said, we had a lot of conversations about loss and and death and processing and grief. And she was a great resource to me, one of those mentors along the way. And she's like, I just didn't think I was going to make it. You were a light in the dark for me and I wanted you to know. (laughs) And I, I was glad I'd shared with her. And I didn't give a lot of people that opportunity to help. And that's something I tried to fix with my own kids and say, you know, there are people who want to be there for you. So when you're feeling down, you feel unlovable, right? And you're like, nobody wants to help me. And you want to let them know. Most people, I believe, have a good heart and want to help others. Like I said, it hurts to pull a bit of your soul out and expose it. But if you don't, then all your connections are shadow connections. And they don't have depth. And they don't have meaning. Because again, the whole Brene Brown being vulnerable takes courage and it takes strength. But I'm so grateful for people who shared stories with me. And and that's what I mean by that hero journey, right? It was so shocking to me to receive that gift from Mrs. Sullivan, because she helped me so much. She was my light, right? And you don't realize that vulnerability is two-way. And so by me being vulnerable to her, she was able to be vulnerable with me. And I think that's when that wisdom transference does happen. I don't know about you, but this story helps me get in touch with gratitude and hope a little bit. It's in the vulnerability of pushing in, being brave, and being with that helps us raise our heads up a little bit and see the possibility of hope on the horizon. But yet, even if we are in grief or pain, having the social support around us to be that light for us is so important. 
We may not be able to fully jump into our pathways of moving forward to our goals just yet, but being present with ourselves in the here and now is everything. Kathy had some valuable things to say about that. I think one thing that's shifted philosophically in my mind, and I had to shift it talking to my kids growing up too, is I've been driven by adding positive value to everyone around me, which sounds great on paper. But what if you're not feeling positive? Do you then lack value? And does that go away? And so there were times going through different life changes and things where I didn't feel like I was adding the value that I could add. And I was incredibly hard on myself for it. And I had to rewrite that a little bit. And I tried to do that with my kids by saying to them, you add value by your sheer existence. You don't have to do anything else. You make colors brighter because you're here. And at some point you'll find your drive and your purpose and what you want to do because you don't want people to feel they're only as good as the last thing they've done. It bears saying again, over and over and over again, you add value by your sheer existence. You don't have to do anything else. You make colors brighter because you're here. And at some point, you'll find your drive and your purpose and what you want to do. Dr. Charles Snyder, the guy I mentioned earlier who defined hope as agency, pathways, and goals, said, A rainbow is a prism that sends shards of multicolored light in various directions. It lifts our spirits and makes us think that it is possible. Hope is the same a personal rainbow of the mind. In Brene Brown's podcast with doctors Emily and Amelia Nagoski, it was said that the pot at the end of the rainbow isn't the goal. The rainbow itself is. In a similar vein, I'm reminded that the feeling of tension I experience while hoping, striving, even though it may not come to pass, as Adrian said, is normal. The tension doesn't imply that things are bad. The tension is an invitation. And even as I say that, I kind of hate it in a way. It's easier said than done statement, yet it's something I need to take with me daily. Tension is an invitation to curiosity. Sometimes I'd rather just wallow in my pain than do the hard work of asking questions like, where did I see hope today? Or when did I feel lightness today? Or who around me can I support in their hope process? Or who can I ask to partner with me as I discover hope? Asking these questions requires vulnerability, which is horrifying which is my meld of horrible and freeing. I want to remember what I heard today, to face reality, to believe that tomorrow can be better, that hope is a choice, it's an action that I create space for. It isn't easy, but it's absolutely worth it. I wrote a few words the other day that seem apropos to this moment. I can do this. I am doing this. I have what it takes to figure things out. I am creative. I have important insight. I'm doing the best I can until I know better. I belong here. I belong to myself. I can have emotions. I can move forward without being perfect. I am here now. I am who I am because of where I've been. I am supported and seen. I can do hard things and work through them. I give myself permission to explore and create. I am good. So here we are. 
in a place of discovery, togetherness, and hope. Today, in the midst of whatever your reality is, may your world be a little brighter. May your step be slightly lighter. May you know your goodness and may you see hope in the faces of those around you who are with you in the journey. Remember, you add value by your sheer existence. You don't have to do anything else. You make colors brighter because you're here. And at some point you'll find your drive and your purpose and what you want to do. Today's episode is made possible by so many of my people. Thanks to Lisa for the logo, Alexis, Caitlin, Adrian, and Kathy for letting me interview you. To Katie, Lisa, Lisa, Alexis, Garen, Jason, Kirsten, Chelsea, Ann, Sharon, and Uncle Tom for graciously reviewing my script. And thanks to all my friends on Facebook who responded to my query about hope. You can check out more of what I'm up to by following Here We Are on our Facebook group, Instagram, and Patreon by searching for Here We Are the Podcast. You can send me an email at herewearethepodcast at gmail.com or you can call me at 312-620-0567 and leave me a voicemail with a story that you think I should feature. Until next time, don't forget that curiosity wins and the world needs more nerds.